Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. If you are a longtime listener to the Integrative Thoughts podcast, you know how often I stress the importance of detoxification. I believe that heavy metals such as mercury and aluminum, along with environmental pollutants like mold, plastics, and pesticides, are at the root cause of every dysfunction and chronic illness in the modern era. That's why I recommend ZeoCharge. ZeoCharge is 100% natural zeolite that does not contain any fillers, binders, or additives. ZeoCharge has not been shown to bind to any of your beneficial minerals or other nutrients. I take two tablespoons of ZeoCharge with filtered water every single day about an hour after breakfast. It is my go-to for detoxification support that I believe can assist any and every healing protocol on the market. If you would like to try out ZeoCharge, go to the link in my show notes and use code ITP for 10% off your entire order. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Today's guest is Lewis Moon. He is an advanced HTMA mineral nutritional balancing practitioner. And today we had him on to talk about all things copper toxicity. I have really come full circle around this topic. For anybody who's been listening to the show for a long time, you know that I studied Morley Robbins and um, was doing his protocol for a while, listened to his book a couple times, really seemed to make sense. That's what kind of got me into realizing how important minerals actually are. And then for about a year, I was on a more experimental type protocol through Jason Hommel, who I've had on the show. And it's a really high dose copper sulfate protocol and you know, really high dose zinc, some other vitamins and stuff as well. You can listen to that show if you want. And after a while of doing Jason's protocol, I just wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And that's why I finally ordered uh, HDMA, a hair tissue mineral analysis, which I talk about a lot on this show. And from there, I started mineral balancing. And I've now come to this realization that not everybody needs copper. Although it is very important, copper can become bio unavailable and quote unquote, toxic. I like the term bio unavailable. Basically the body is not being able to utilize it properly and it's being stuck uh, most likely in the brain tissue and can cause a lot of dysfunction within the body. And that's why some people on a mineral balancing protocol only need zinc. And then some people do a zinc to copper and you're not limited to that protocol forever. It changes as the ratios 
in your hair change. So for the first four to five months I was doing HDMA, I was just on high dose zinc. And then for the last couple tests, I was on a zinc with a higher copper. And then now I'm just back on zinc. So that is what they're talking about. Mineral balancing. You're checking the ratios over time to see what you need in that moment. And then you adjust as the ratios and levels adjust. That just makes more sense to me than just randomly taking a plethora of nutrients. So I'm obsessed with mineral balancing. I've come full circle around the copper toxicity or the biounavailable copper issue. So we dive deep in this show with Lewis Moon. Lewis, welcome to the show. How's it going? Going good, man. How's it going? Doing well. For those who are listening in, this is a UK-based mineral balancing practitioner. So I think most people know by now I'm kind of all in on this mineral balancing thing from all the results that I've gotten. But I think this will be cool, too, because I get a decent amount of uh, listeners from the UK. So maybe if they've been interested from the other shows, um, we can plug you at the end and uh, they can reach out to you. Yeah, I suppose one other thing about hair analysis and mineral balancing is global. I actually have more, I have more clients outside of the UK than, than inside. <laughs> so uh, it's one of the u- unique, um, you know, the unique alternative spaces that you can literally work with anyone around the world. So do you, you ship uh, products and hair tests mostly all through Europe or what? Yeah, I mean, when I became a practitioner six years ago, um, I was quite fortunate that Luke, sort of like my business partner, asked me to go on the YouTube channel, so which was our old YouTube channel. And this was like, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. So YouTube was actually, you know, more in its infancy. So we managed to get quite a few subscribers just talking about mineral balancing and hair analysis um, on that YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, obviously I just got clients through through people watching on YouTube. So it was just anyone basically, you know, around the world that was searching for whatever we were speaking about. So I didn't actually do any sort of marketing, you know, inside England. It, you know, I sort of, sort of spoke to my friends and family about it. Um, but it was mainly my YouTube channel that sort of got most of my clients when I did become a practitioner. Yeah. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to ask you, whenever I was uh, researching you and looking through your stuff, it was Lewis Rollins, but then I got a calendar event from Lewis Moon. Do you have a, a mm. alter ego or something? <laughs> no, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a lot more simple than that. Uh, my, my granddad, my grandparents are called Moon. And um, I suppose divine intervention or whatever, um, I sort of haven't spoke to my father for a long time. You know, I was just about to get married. Um, my wife, my now wife was pregnant. And, you know, a lot of crazy coincidences happened and I just knew it was time for me to sort of cut the ancestral tie. Um, my granddad had two daughters, my mum and my auntie. So I thought it would be nice to sort of carry on his his name. So that that was basically the switch. It just ha- okay. so happens to sound quite new age and spiritual. <laughs> yeah. the word, I was like, the word moon, moon sounds like he's like changing in, transforming into uh, something like alter ego for sure. Like it was just a name that you chose. I didn't realize it was actually just going back to your lineage. <laughs> yeah, now, it's, you know, we can go into it, but sometimes you've got to cut ancestral ties. You know, one of the reasons why people have so many difficulties these days is because you know you grow up with certain parents and then parent that then parents instill 
a certain belief system on you. It might be abuse. It might be just the way that you eat. You know, the, you know, religious aspects. And some of these are just unhealthy. You know, unfortunately, my father inhibited a lot of the negative things from his parents. Sort of tried to instill that onto us or me. Luckily for my mom, she actually had a divorce. And um, it just got to a point where I was like, look, you know, I'm going to bring my kid into this world. You know, I don't want the relationship that I've had with my father. So one of the more really important things is cutting sometimes them negative ties that you might have cut, might have got. And it sometimes it is a family member. It doesn't mean that you can't forgive that individual or you can't, you know, move past whatever they've done to you or anything they've said. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to still still keep get engaging with them, um, if that makes sense. So sometimes that needs to happen, and especially needs to happen when people are doing something like the Mineral Balancing Program. You know, it might not be a parent, but usually they've got friends that are very similar to them, um, that they've, they've often got to cut ties with. Um, and usually it's the cutting of these ties, you know, letting go of certain things where actually you know, doors start to open, you know, if that makes sense. So it's similar sort of thing, really. Um, with just, you know, if you, the higher that you vibrate without sounding too woo-woo, at the end of the day, when you start healing yourself properly, you start vibrating at a higher frequency. Your brain starts vibrating at a higher frequency. So in one way, you just, you actually become incompatible with people around you relationships just they just become incompatible because you end up vibrating at different frequencies um so that that's actually what ends up happening on the mineral balancing program is that most of the time people will actually try and stay with you know a toxic partner a toxic friend but their vibration will just end up changing so massively that they just become incompatible with that person you know, if, you, if you're not into woo-woo or you're not into spirituality, you just have to look at it from the perspective of once you remove toxins from the brain, the personality, the, the person's uh, natural personality, which is usually, you know, quite soft, you know, loving. We've all got a loving personality deep down. Um, you know, there's a lot of metals like nickel or arsenic or cadmium that can give people this sense of um, sort of machoism, or narcissism, um, or sort of a toxic way of thinking. When you actually remove these from the brain, you're not actually you're no longer feeding into them negative thoughts that these metals can actually produce in people. So even you know, so that actually changes who you are as a person. So you you, you actually become incompatible with other people that you used to be compatible with. Um, usually because the other individuals usually got similar uh, imbalances themselves. You know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, you become more compatible with, the, with them. Yeah, a very common one sort of like, and this has been studied, you know, people that are in prison or incarcerated generally have a higher cadmium level. Um, and cadmium is sort of related to violence. Um, it sort of gives you a sort of like artificial... Um, sort of machoism or sort of an artificial anger, but usually they're quite brittle inside. But criminals tend to hang around with criminals, if that makes sense. You know, so um, when people sort of remove this cadmium, 
they just no longer feel like they want to be around them particular individuals. So that's like a real life example of, you know, some of the stuff that tends to happen, you know, as you heal yourself, which is fascinating, really. Yeah, it's crazy you mentioned that right off the gate. I just went through a similar kind of revelation in general, and I just, my last test, I just eliminated some lead, a good amount of nickel, a huge amount of aluminum, and I feel, it was awful. I mean, I was, I felt like my brain was blank. Like, uh, I was showing up to some of these podcasts, and one of them I didn't even release. It just is, I just wasn't doing well, and, um, you know, really just a lot of brain fog, fatigue, parasites. I had like three different cold sores, an ear infection, but then I seen the test and all those metals were coming out that I felt like were in my brain. And I just uh, actually messaged Aaron last night and I goes, man, that was a rough patch, but I feel energetically pretty much a lot different. And a, a, a lot of the low lingering like depression that wasn't like suicidal or anything, but just like a low mood, like on the regular kind of just lifted. Mm -hmm. And from there, I almost feel like I do look at certain people almost differently just from that dump alone. It's it's pretty bizarre. Yeah. The the, the funny, ironic thing about hair mineral analysis test is the better a hair analysis test looks for a practitioner, the worse someone's usually feeling. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I shouldn't really laugh about it, but you know, if you see a really high nickel, really high copper, really high cadmium, you know, that's gone up from a retest... As a practitioner, you're like, amazing, this is brilliant, this is exactly what we want to see. You know, you got all the stuff coming out. The person at the other end is thinking, I'm about to jump off this ship. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, that, that that's actually the biggest, um, I think it's one of the, it probably is the biggest reason why <clears throat> mineral balancing hair analysis hasn't expanded as far as it should do, in my opinion, is because it is so powerful that it actually removes the stuff that's holding people back. You know, a lot of people are in this sort of like mainstream media narrative, you know, this Amazon sort of narrative of like, I should just do something, or this uh, pharmaceutical narrative of, I should just take something, or I should just eat something, and I should just automatically feel better. Um, I mean, that's what I was sort of looking for when I was not feeling good back in my teenage years, as I'm like, just looking for this magic drug or this magic thing or this little thing that I might have to switch with my diet and all of a sudden I'll wake up the next day and feel fine. When reality, when when people, when symptoms start uh, showing themselves, it's usually because I mean, the body's extremely good at hiding stuff. I mean, you know, one um, scientific study showed that, you know, your, your liver can sort of be two thirds not working and symptoms would, wouldn't still present themselves. So when symptoms do actually present themselves in the body, usually the body's been deteriorating for quite a long time, or at least quite a few years. Um, so when them symptoms do arise, um, you know, in order to unwind them, it's a much more uh, difficult situation. You know, <clears throat> I always remember one thing that I used to say to people is like, your health and yourself is a little bit like balancing bricks on a, on a sort of plank of wood. And every brick is a stress, stressor. So, you know, it might be cigarette smoking. It might be abuse when you were younger. You know, it might be taking drugs. Uh, it might be sort of eating too many carbohydrates. Blah, blah, blah. You stack up all of these bricks and the body's really good at, at holding them as, as much as it can. 
And then literally you'll just add one last brick on, you know, the, the common terminology is the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, you add one straw on top of there and boom, the plank of wood snaps to, you know, snaps. And then, you know, how would you get that plank of wood back together? It's extremely difficult, you know. And that's um, one of the things that people need to realise, but it's the beauty of mineral balancing. I mean, when I, when I first come across mineral balancing hair analysis, and, I, and I'll probably share my story at some point on this podcast, I was feeling really ill for like six years and I knew deep down in my heart, deep down in my soul, I needed something very, very special to get me out of this situation because I had tried stuff, you know, exercised every day and tried this diet, tried that diet. I knew I had to find something seriously special. So when I actually come across the mineral balancing program and saw all of the different things that you had to do, the diet, the lifestyle, the supplements, you know, the detoxification, you know, the ozone, this, that, and the other, there's loads of things. I actually was like, this, if, if anything's going to get me out of this situation, this is going to be it. I was actually like glad to see so much, so much stuff I had to do, even though it's a bit of a pain in the butt sometimes to actually implement it. Um, you know, and I think that's for me anyway, it was like, uh, that coupled with sort of reading the, and Dr. Wilson's article on brain fog was like a, a light bulb moment for me because um, yeah, I was struggling from brain fog 24-7 and I always sort of, it was it's a weird feeling brain fog, I'm probably sure you've experienced it before. It's it's like you're, you're in the car seat but the the, the windscreen, the, the car's just not working properly, that's the best way to feel it. So, you know, you go to doctors when they're trying to tell you it's a psychological problem and sort of deep down, like on a mental level, you sort of accept that and sort of may maybe go and see a psychiatrist or whatever. But deeper down on a soul level, there's sort of something telling you that, that you're actually all right. You know what I mean? You're kind of there. You you're with it. You're in the driver's seat. There's just something's not... The interface is just not working properly. Do you know what I mean? You can't ex can't explain it. And then when I sort of read Dr. Wilson's article and saw it's related to copper toxicity, it's related to... Um, heavy metal toxicity, it's related to candida, uh, it's related to adrenal fatigue. I saw like 90% of the post was actually talking about physical things. <clears throat> and sort of 10% of the post was talking about a sort of a mental aspect to it. And I, and I was like, this is this has got to be it. Do you know what I mean? Because I was there in the driving seat and I just knew there was something else to it. And I read all this stuff and I was like, brilliant. And, you know, so I started the program and uh, naively was like, I'll be fine in a week. <laughs> I'll be fine in, th in three months. Um, you know, little, little did I expect the journey I was about to go on, but, you know, blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I had similar, uh, I don't know if there was exactly the same past, but, you know, I I just started having more and more brain fog. Like I used to, I literally used to like drink five nights a week and I would make the Dean's list like every week, every semester in college. And I would work like 30, 35 hours a week. Like I just literally knew like my brain used to like rapid fire work really effectively. And now I'm 30 years old and I pretty much feel like I have dementia. Like I feel like I have short term memory loss. Like I can't sit down and concentrate. And so I started doing the same thing you kind of talked about. Um, I was so crazy at some point when I had the uh, all everything going on and I was living in a moldy house here in Florida, mm -hmm. which is very common. Um, that was when I was the most bizarre. I was in the uh, doctor's office demanding cat scans and 
like MRIs because I was like, maybe I have like a tumor or like cancer. Like that's how crazy I had felt after seeing a few doctors and them just telling me my blood work was fine. And I had a hormone hormone panel from a functional doctor where I had, you could tell I had severe adrenal burnout. Like my cortisol was just flatlined the full 24 hours. And then it actually kind of spiked at nighttime. So I would like be tired all day. And then at night it would be hard to fall asleep. So I knew hormonally something was going on, but everyone else was just, they were just kind of just giving me like surface level stuff and they weren't really getting deep into the toxins. And then I discovered heavy metals and I tried a few different detoxes. And then I went out to Dr. Minkoff, who's like this world renowned doctor for Lyme disease and cancer, told me I had Lyme and I did this $20,000 Lyme disease treatment was like out at his office twice a week for like seven hours a day. I was on like 50 different supplements and I went back and he was doing a lot of muscle testing and advanced testing. And he told me that, you know, after like six or eight weeks, I had beat the Lyme, but I was like, but mm. I literally can't think though. Like I cannot like concentrate on anything. I'm always tired. Like my wife hates me basically like surprise. Mm. She's even still with me type of thing. And so finally, you know, I started diving into minerals and then um, I was into Morley Robbins for a bit and was digging his protocol, trying that out. And then I was like, whatever, Jason Hommel went into him I was like, okay, this seems a little bit more extreme, but maybe I'll uh, get somewhere. And I did get some energy from that and um, also released quite a few parasites on that. And then finally, like I wasn't getting results there. And I heard Clark, I I got introduced to Clark's oh work, heard him on a podcast. And it felt like all of the things I had been researching over the last five years, like kind of connected, like the minerals, the metals, this is how you get them out, the parasites. And then I was just like, I think this is it. And then I got introduced to Aaron, realized he was doing similar work to Clark and we kind of built a relationship and that's how I got here. But yeah, I mean, what, um, how long did it take you to feel pretty good on your mineral balancing protocol? Yeah. I mean, just going back to what you were saying before, I mean, this is this dilemma for most people is that, you know, they'll go to a doctor's office, they'll not feel good. And the doctor, I mean, the amount of times that I've had blood tests and I've gone back to doctors and doctors like, eh, everything's normal. I'm like, well, I don't feel normal. And I think doctors <laughs> just don't know what to do with that. So their default mode is go and see a psychologist. You know, so people are just in this weird, like, circle, never-ending circle of, like, going to doctors, everything's fine, and then going to a psychologist and the psychologist sort of giving them drugs or giving them whatever, saying this, and, you know, the, the doctors and the psychologists aren't just talking to each other. So then, obviously, people go off on their own and try and find alternative methods. Um, but one thing that's really weird to me is when people just focus on one thing, you know, like Lyme, for example. You know, it's like, why would you just focus on one thing? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, similar to sort of like Jason Hommel to a degree. Um so, you know, at the end of the day, that's why mineral balancing to most people, when you come across it, it's literally like, you know, the heavens have just shone on you because every single thing is is catered for. Like, you'll probably ask Aaron a question. You can ask me a question. What about this? What about this? What about... They've always got an answer. The real good practitioners, like, you know, Clark's one of them. Aaron's, you know, excellent. Susan's very, you know, excellent. The really good ones will always give you a good answer that makes sense you know like it's when i was sort of like um building software that we can talk about later on 
you know, I was like looking at the practitioners thinking, oh, are they onto something and I'm not? Then you go and ask them a question and they don't have a proper response at all. And that's how, you, in my opinion, that's how you sort of, sort of figure out the good practitioners from the bad ones. It's like asking a practitioner something and getting a response that not only is sort of scientifical, but it just logically makes sense. So it's like, oh, that just makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like when I was reading Dr. Wilson's articles, it's like it just made sense. It's like, well, yeah, it makes sense. Like, don't do too much exercise because it's going to burn your adrenals out. Like, that's just when something, I mean, you obviously don't think that because, you know, mainstream and, and West, Western, Western media sort of say, if you're not feeling good, you know, go and do a lot of exercise, you know, or whatever. Um, but you read Dr. Wilson's stuff, you're like, well, that just actually like makes sense. You know, same with the vegan argument. It's like, well, you know, you get, sorry about that. You get like <laughs> someone saying, um, oh, you know, well, we've, we've, we've been omnivores for 100,000 years, 200,000 years. It's like, yeah, I mean, we're omnivores. Like, we're, I don't understand where the argument is, <laughs> you know, so um, I just want to sort of swing back, swing back on, on that that you were saying. But yeah, I mean, my story's um, quite complex one i guess i mean i started like i sort of grow up as a normal sort of normal household to a degree uh, i did have some problems with my father i'm not gonna go into because just old energy um but sort of like i got brought up similar to how my mom probably got brought up i got brought up on sort of candy you know carbohydrates um i'm not saying my mom was a bad parent like not in slights like literally the best parent i could have wished for but sort of brought brought us up on you know, chicken nuggets and fries and pizza and, you know, just things that was quick to make. You know, she was like a hard-working mum. You can't can't blame her for that. And then I sort of like was, um, <clears throat> I was a high achiever at school and I don't, I think that served me well, served me well now, but I didn't, I didn't think it necessarily served me very well when I was younger. So I was always trying to, I was always sort of putting this pedestal as sort of a high achiever. So I always had to make sure that I was like, the best at, you know, you call it soccer over there. I was, I was really a sort of high level football player. Um, you know, athletics, um, you know, maths, art, all this sort of stuff. So I, I always had to like overachieve, which gave me this mindset. We call it now sympathetic dominance in of a chronic state of fight or flight where you're constantly on the go. My mom all was also the type of person she still is now. She can't relax. And we got instilled into us when we was younger, don't laze around, don't lie on the sofa, you know, get up, you know, it's a, it's a weekend, you know, get up, let's get going sort of thing. And we were always doing loads of things and, you know, our days were completely full. So when I was 16, um, I started taking sort of some recreational drugs, you know, most kids are into it, sort of smoking, smoking weed, this sort of stuff. So my mum was like, right, you need to go and find a job. So I was 16. You know, so I'll go and find a job. Um, so I ended up sort of working in this restaurant, um, sort of like a five-star restaurant. And it was a massive shock to reality, if I'm being completely honest, because I was all I was really used to being put on this pedestal of like high achiever and all this sort of stuff. And all of a sudden I was like at the bottom of the pecking order, working as a waiter. And my natural response was, I'll just work harder than anyone else, you know. And uh, I gained respect through that because, um, you know, people saw that I was actually good at what I was doing. But over time, now I realise what, what happened is I just started to burn out, basically. 
I'd started smoking weed. I think the first time I actually got this detachment from reality, you know, brain fog and derealization, depersonalization are very intertwined. I was definitely, you know, deep, you know, the, we call it DPDR, derealization, depersonalization. That's what I had basically. And I think I first got it from smoking. I remember like sat in the kitchen of someone who I was working with at this restaurant, smoking weed. And then all of a sudden I just got this detachment and it never fully come back. My reality never come back from that point. And I've actually had quite a few people get in touch with me that it was a, a, a spliff that actually, or something smoking marijuana that actually started them um, on this detachment situation. Um, I think it, a lot of it's to do with um, overwhelming the liver, similar to what I said before, where the liver sort of like can handle itself pretty well, and then you just get the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, I'm not going not divert too much, but that's generally the the cause is sort of the liver just says I'm you know I'm overwhelmed, and then the body goes into this burnout uh, mineral stage that you probably will get to know on the hair mineral analysis test. So all of a sudden, I'm 16. I'm a high achiever and I'm, I've got this chronic derealization and depersonalization and brain fog. I didn't want to tell my, my mom. I didn't really know what was happening myself. So I was like, in a way, ashamed of saying there was something wrong when I had such a good life. And I was like, I had the shame that I didn't really want to say anything. And I didn't really know what was going off myself. I was always used to solving problems by myself anyway. Do you know what I mean? Because I, of this persona that I'd managed to build up for myself. So um, <clears throat> one of the things that I used to do is try and get out of it. You know, Western media sort of say, well, if you're not feeling good, go and exercise. So that, that's what I did. I used to play a lot of football. I used to do parkour, free running. I used to love doing that. So I just used to exercise and exercise and exercise. And I used to go out on like seven mile runs, come back and I might get like a, a five or 10 minute break from the brain fog. Now I know that's because I'd forced my adrenal glands so hard to release a little bit of hormones that it, it temporarily made me feel better. So I thought, well, the more I exercise, if I can just increase that level, five minutes, 10 minutes, feeling better, it's surely, logically, it's just going to get longer and longer, the feelings of normality. In reality, obviously, that didn't happen. I was just burning my body out even more. I was taking drugs as a way to cope. So... I would go out regularly and take MDMA and cocaine, you know, ketamine. Mate, recreationally, it wasn't like a, I was like a drug addict or anything like that. Um, I used to sort of smoke um, socially. And one interesting thing that used to happen when I used to smoke is that I used to temporarily get a relief from brain fog after having a cigarette. Usually it was the first one or two. Um, and I actually found out by Dr. Wilson further down that cadmium, which is very high in tobacco, actually shunts copper from the blood or shunts into tissues. So if you're suffering from copper toxicity detachment, uh, cadmium temporarily sort of grabs onto copper and you get this temporary relief from, you know, derealization. So and anyway, I kept on going. I went to university, you know, did all, did all the stuff. And then I think one of the things that really nailed, put the nail in the coffin was when I took Accutane. Um, mm. You might have heard about it. It's, a, it's an acne drug. Mm. Really, really I've heard horrible things. Yeah, really horrendous drug. Um, I sort of took that. I was still just living the life that I did live, so I was drinking and stuff. 
didn't realise what that was doing to my liver. Now I realise that that just made the whole situation a hundred times worse. So, you know, we're getting on now. We're at 2021. 20, this is going going on for a while. Probably started really 14, 15. So we're talking five, six years now of like chronic derealization. It got to a point where, you know, social anxiety was horrendous. I had, I had 40, 50 symptoms, um, you know, heart palpitations, um, you know, it, extremely horrendous skin. Um, you know, you name it. I probably had it, do you know what I mean? So anyway, I was like on the internet, saw this word brain fog getting thrown around quite a bit. I was like, well, if I've got anything, I've got brain fog, do you know what I mean? So I was just researching brain fog and, you know, this was this was back in the time where, you know, Google wasn't uh, punishing people that actually had good information. So Dr. Wilson was at the top of the Google for like brain fog and, sauna therapy and stuff like that. So I luckily just landed on his article. Uh, fortunately for me, I wasn't offended by his website. Most people are <laughs> because it's just like, you know, it looks like it's just like basically a book on the internet. For me, it was like finding this treasure trove. For me personally, it was like opening an old book or something that I'd found in, a, in an old library. Um, so I read it and I was like, that is me. And... That basically started my obsession with um, with mineral balancing. I was actually it was I was obsessed with actually getting better. You know, I was constantly reading. So anyway, I started the program, and uh, I instantly actually got relief, which was amazing. I actually instantly got relief from brain fog that I'd never never had in six years. So that was a very overwhelming moment for me. It was mainly when I cut down the sugars and carbohydrates. And did the did a coffee enema, um, you know? I had crazy, crazy stuff happens to me. Like, yeah, you know, I used to eat. The first time I had a can of sardines, literally felt like someone had opened my skull and just poured <laughs> water over it. That's how malnourished I was. Um, I did a coffee enema for the first time, and it was it was as if, you know, Jesus Himself had just put His hands on my shoulders. I was like, "What is that?" You know, it was just absolutely insane. And I think because I had such a good response to the program early on, I just assumed that I would be get I would be fine in like two two months, three months, or whatever. So it took me a few months for me to actually realise the horrendous state that I'd managed to get myself into. Um, <laughs> you know, it's actually like when you re- when you remove stimulants and you remove you know the things that you used to feed off. For me, it was like exercise and carbohydrates and sugars cigarettes alcohol so it's what when i removed that is uh and i was in fight or flight so i was in sympathetic dominance which is like artificial energy your body's in a fight or flight state so it's actually when i turned that off and removed all the stimulants i actually felt the true fatigue of my adrenal glands and i've got to say it was the most horrendous experience feeling that i've ever had now, luckily for me, I was reading up, reading up on stuff because most people would have ran away, run a mile from the program and said, this is not working. I'm feeling a hundred times worse because basically, you know, I'd, I was, I was technically got, got worse. Do you know what I mean? I lost like a lot of weight. You know, my fatigue was, I never felt fatigue like it. Literally woke up every day and it was as if I'd been hit by a steam train. It was just absolutely absurd. My parents are obviously looking at me, 
you know, I'm more tired, I'm more fatigued. They they was just telling me whatever I'm doing's incorrect. Luckily for me, I was doing the reading. I read Doctor Wilson's article on, on adrenal burnout, and he says in there, you know, if once if you remove the stimulants, if you remove the scaffolding that's holding your body up, then naturally you're gonna feel the inner fatigue. So I knew that on a psychological basis, on on a mental basis, but I didn't realise how long it was gonna take me to heal. So I'm in like last year at university now, and I thought to myself, there's absolutely no way I can finish university and go and live back at home with my parents because they're gonna expect me to be going to university, going to work. There's no way on earth I can do a full-time job. This is like six, seven, eight months into the program. So anyway, one of my friends, um, God bless him, who passed away recently of a brain, a brain tumor, crazy. He was like, "Look, let's just. I'm, I'm going away traveling. Do you want to come with me? You know." And I was like, "This is an opportunity for me to, to just get away." Now this is when things start getting weird. So I was a complete atheist. Um, you know, like I would dead into, you know, science, the big bang, you know, God's not real, any of this, whatever. I started doing the program and like three days, I didn't have much money to go to Thailand. Maybe I had like 1500 pounds, which is like $2,000, like nothing to go traveling. And like two days before going away, an insurance claim that had been going on for years and years and years, I'd forgotten about, I was in an accident, you know, not, not a big accident. This insurance claim just come through randomly. And I was like, man, what are the chances of that? Crazy, what are the, you know, just a crazy synchronicity of me receiving this money to go away. Do you know what I mean? You could call that a synchronicity, but after a while it becomes true for all, all the crazy stuff that happens to you. So anyway, I went to Thailand. I was doing the program and we was in, um, I don't know if you've been to Thailand, but it was in a place called Pai in Thailand. It's like little hippie village. Super, super cool. And I was like, right, I need to find some supplements because, you know, I've got the, the diet, you know, the, you know, the enemas, whatever. I need to go and find some supplements. So anyway, I went to, went to Dr. Wilson's website, searched for practitioners, found out that there was a guy in Chiang Mai who sold the Endomet supplements called Robert Morgan. Um, he also passed away actually a few years ago in, a, in an accident, a motorcycle accident. He was an amazing guy. Um, uh, absolutely phenomenal guy. So I ended up like getting a scooter from Pai to Chiang Mai, which is like whatever, 70 miles or something, gets to Chiang Mai. And this guy is like, he's like Jesus. Honestly, he's the most energetic, energetic 70, I don't know how old he was, 70, early 70s, late 60s. I've never seen energy like it in my life. Never, um, unbelievable energy, just completely glowing. This guy, like, such a nice person and I started talking to him about the program and he basically said look I'm building a retreat for hair analysis and mineral balancing why don't you come and live with me on the retreat and I was like if anything if I'm gonna if anything's gonna get me out of the situation that I'm in this opportunity is gonna get me out of that situation so I basically ended up like leaving my friend he went off traveling by himself and I went basically to live with with Robert on this retreat and I helped build the retreat. And it was in that year where, you know, it was just a crazy, crazy year where I sort of realized I had EMF sensitivity. So I had to build a Faraday cage for myself and live in a Faraday cage. You know, I had to basically live off of like just leafy greens at one point because I was so sensitive to carbohydrates that even carrots 
was problematic for me. So I went through this process and then all of a sudden I released copper. Now for anyone that's ever released copper before in a large amount, you cannot explain how it feels until you actually go through it. It was, it was, it was the most traumatic event I've ever experienced in my whole life. And, uh, excuse, sorry. One of the things that I want to do as a practitioner is to try to, um, help people, you know, understand what happens when you release copper, but also give people the tools to, um, deal with it. Because one of the problems that Robert had is he'd, he'd already been on such a big journey that he didn't actually, he never experienced any healing reactions before. So he never actually experienced a copper dump himself. So he didn't actually know the process of dealing with it. So I had to kind of do it on my own and figure out, you know, how to deal with this. And, it, you know, in the end, I got, I got over it. It took about three or four months. I was so traumatized by the end of it. I ended up leaving Thailand and going back, back home to England. Um, but luckily for me, I was like one and a half, two years into the program. And we call it the two year hump, whereby the first two years is generally the time which is the most problematic for people. You're releasing the most toxins. Um, and I, I felt like I managed to get over this two year hump. So I sort of lived with my parents for a couple of years. Um, so it, it was probably by the fifth year, um, I was feeling fairly okay, if I'm being completely honest. Um, it probably wasn't until the seventh year where I was like, this is permanent, you know. By the fifth year, I could relapse sort of thing. But by the seventh year is when I realized it was complete permanence. Now, for a lot of people watching this, that might be a scary thing that I've just, you know, a scary number, seven years. But you got to realize when you're feeling that crap and, you know, you start the program and you feel these, you, you feel these improvements, that's like being cured for some people. If you know what I mean? Like I was so grateful that I felt some change that it was much easier to sort of get through things. So um a general rule if I'm being completely honest is, you know, and this is a very, very general rule, but generally the amount of time someone's been feeling really bad is generally the amount of time it kind of takes to get to like permanent healing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically, I know I've gone on for quite a bit, but that is the story <laughs> that is, you know, compressed. <laughs> I could go way more in depth with all the crazy stuff that happened. But yeah, I mean, I sort of like had crazy healing reactions where I sort of saw angels and had chakras opening. Um, yeah, I had some like mad, mad stuff, like encounters with God and just phew, crazy stuff, <laughs> which I end up coming out of it, coming out of it, being a complete, uh, you know, Christian, sort <laughs> of Judeo-Christian <laughs> mindset. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I, I'm glad you told it because I had heard you kind of explain it on one of the YouTube videos and I was like, the crazy synchronicities of the money coming through and then finding the guy in Thailand who was super energetic and then was like, why don't you just come live with me? Like no better place to be really when you're trying to do those first couple of years. Most people are 
working a job, got two kids or whatever, you were just able to just kind of hang out and work with a guy who's been doing the program forever. So I don't know. That's definitely, it was super cool. It's just, I love when I hear like super, uh, you know, I get woo woo on the show. I talk about psychedelics and yoga and meditation and all kinds of things. So I don't think it'll scare anybody off who's been listening for a while, for sure, to talk about the synchronicities. And you kind of got into your copper reactions, which is um, the core base of the show because, um, as I was, I kind of found you actually when I was in her, when I was uh, researching Susan, I didn't realize how mm. many like uh, videos you guys had together. And then I started mm. watching some of your other videos and I was like, you know what? I was like, uh, if anybody's going to come on here and talk about copper, who's been through it, I definitely want to have Lewis on to do the copper toxicity show because I'd still have people reach out to me about the um, high copper protocol because they'll listen to that show, but then they'll start seeing other mineral shows on my show and they'll be confused. And I'll have to tell them, hey, I did that protocol for a while and then now I'm doing the HTMA thing. So you'll see the progression over time throughout the year of me. I was on that protocol and now I'm not. I now believe in Mm -hmm. copper toxicity, not to say that copper isn't super important as well, but there is definitely a lot of nuance that goes into copper besides everybody just needs infinite amounts of copper for unlimited amounts of periods. Because uh, I guess I can just give my experience with it before I ask you some questions is, you know, I was on that high copper protocol. And then when I got my first HTMA, I was on only zinc for, I think, about four, four and a half months, five months, something like that. The first while I only needed zinc. And then I was doing the obviously the Limcomen or the NAK up, which is a, a co- copper and zinc as well. So it's like a, a balanced form of uh, the zinc to copper ratio. And then now I'm back on just zinc. So there is definitely time periods where you're going to utilize that copper and then time periods where you're not along your program. And then I'm sure you settle into one side or the other over time usually. Um, but that's the reason we get the test. But how? I guess um, what are some of the benefits of copper? I guess let's start there. Like, you know, why do we use copper? Why is copper getting a lot of um, headway, making a lot of noise within Morley Robbins and Jason Hommel and stuff? Um, I want to kind of start there because I think people, when you're talking about copper toxicity or bio unavailable copper, think that we're only going to demonize copper, but really it's very beneficial. So why don't we go through some of the benefits of copper first? Yeah, I mean, um, it's really easy, like from a mineral balancing perspective, is just to demonize copper, like you said, and talk about copper toxicity, etc., etc. It takes a while for people to actually realize how beneficial copper is. Sometimes it's better to understand the benefits of copper by talking about the things that copper actually can do to you when it's not bioavailable in the body. You know, so people get like joint pain, you know, you know, copper has a lot to do with sort of ligament formation. Um, it has a lot to do with sort of collagen and skin health. So people have got like, you know, dry skin, acne, spots, usually have some sort of copper dysregulation. You know, copper has a lot to do with emotion, emotional calmness and feeling calm and feeling grounded and feeling sort of happy. It's got like a, a very sort of feminine, higher vibrational sort of mineral. Um, so when it's, when it's bioavailable, um, you feel very calm, very grounded, um, a bit spiritual in a sort of grounded way. It's not like um, you can get like copper toxicity, spirituality, where you're just sort of spaced out. Um, but when it's bioavailable, you feel re- it's a really nice feeling, really calm feeling. And then, you know, some of the things that copper does when it's not bioavailable is kind of the opposite to that. So you feel anxious, 
you feel fearful, you feel ungrounded, you know, so sometimes talking about the opposite, you know, what copper toxicity causes uh, gives you a bit of an idea. I mean, one of the things that copper does in the body is it regulates candida. So, um, so um, when copper is not available in the body, you, you sort of get candida overgrowth. So that's one of the things, sort of a side effect of not having bioavailable copper is sort of candida overgrowth, which causes like a drunken feeling, you know, brain fog feeling, forgetfulness. So, you know, when copper actually is bioavailable, it comes out of the tissues, you'll generally find that people get a really strong um, candida or fungal die-off because of, because of copper's power on, you know, killing fungi um, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, very, very much related to skin, very, very much related to female um, reproductive system. So any anyone that's suffering from lots sort of like bad PMS, one of the things that people people know and are very aware of is how many women feel uh, when they're going through the cycle. You know, what's the general thing that you hear about? Oh, my my partner's goes crazy. You know, she she gets sort of mood swings. Um, she gets really anxious. She struggles to sleep. Um, that's all due to high copper levels in the body because copper is very much related um, to female, you know, reproductive health. And an interesting thing that the body does in that is it sort of like craves copper. So when you've got really high copper in the cycle, the body will naturally crave copper. What food is probably the highest in copper? Chocolate. So it's this, you know, oh, it's, it's something that's actually ingrained into our society. It's like, oh, just go, you know, my partner all the time asks me to go and buy bars of chocolate when she's going through the cycle. And I know it's because of the the, the craving for copper. It's so extreme, do you know what I mean? Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, those are, those are some of the benefits. I could go on and on and on, really. It's super funny that you mentioned the chocolate is – I've – literally used to want chocolate all the time. Like we'd be in the grocery store and I'd be, oh, let's get a chocolate bar for dessert or ice cream or both. And um, one of the things I've noticed as I've balanced out over these last like nine months is I, I almost rarely ever even have cravings for the chocolate or for the ice cream. It's actually kind of bizarre. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's, it's weird that when people got a high copper, the body actually craves it. It's similar to sort of if the body's functions on carbohydrates and sugars it craves carbohydrates and sugars because it's the it's the only way that the body knows how to sort of deal with energy and stuff um you know like a woman who's going through a cycle if copper's really high and the body's using it up for other things like it needs to in women's reproductive health there's sort of a shortage of copper so the body naturally wants to crave more of it um but in reality you know, it's not that women necessarily have a shortage of copper, it's that copper becomes bioavailable, you know, aka copper toxicity, um, which is probably something we should probably talk about the mechanics of, um, because I think that's what most people are confused about is, you know, um, what is copper toxicity? You know, where does it come from? Um, why do people take copper? Why do we need to take copper when we're copper toxic? So that's the that's you know what people stumble on the most. Um, so I mean, if you want, we could sort of delve into that. Yeah, go um, into give, it. Some people, those are awesome. My questions, anyways. Yeah, give people sort of the the breakdown of the process 
of uh, what we talk about and what even Jason Hommel talks about, other people talk about, is like how copper is utilised. So the general thing that generally happens is that people become stressed. You know, it doesn't really matter what type of stress it is. It could be any type of stress, financial stress, dietary stress, um, you know, work stress, relationship stress, you know, exercise stress. So people get stressed. And the body has a natural response to stress, which is to, you know, try and uh, to turn on the fight or flight system. You know, it uses up buffering minerals like calcium, magnesium, zinc. These are our body's, you know, buffering and, and sort of healing minerals to a sense, uh, but mainly the buffering minerals. One of the biggest ones, zinc. The zinc's a big factor in this. So the body gets stressed. Um, but the problem is these days is people's bodies get too stressed. So they become chronically stressed, you know, usually from all of the different symptoms, um, that, you know, all the different things that people are accustomed to doing in the Western world. So, you know, we're always busy. We're always eating rubbish. We're always out, you know, maybe drinking, partying, smoking. Now vaping's a big thing for people. So what generally happens is the body goes through a process of, it goes into sort of um, a stress response. And when that stress response is not dealt with, the body will go into sort of what's called an alarm reaction or a secondary, a secondary alarm reaction where the body's in this perpetual state of chronic stress. So what's happening in that, in that situation? Well, you're burning up calcium, you know, you're burning up magnesium, you're burning up zinc, your adrenal glands are being overworked your liver's becoming overworked. When you're in a state of fight or flight, your detox pathways shut down because the body's trying to keep itself, you know, the body's focusing all of its efforts into just dealing with this stress. So your detox pathways, pathways shut down. So you, so you start to accumulate toxins. And it's similar to what we was talking about in the beginning with this, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. At some point, and generally on a hair mineral analysis test, if you want to go, go for it from this perspective, generally people are in fast oxidation at this point. Fast, most, uh, most adults are usually in, should probably in, be in, so we should talk about what's a healthy hair analysis. It's so generally a healthy hair analysis is, you know, an adult that's in sort of mild slow oxidation. Mild slow oxidation is good because it means if you, if you, if you get a stress, you can jump into fast and then pop back into slow. You know, um, your copper level's pretty good. You've got no, you're showing no signs of like heavy metal toxicity. Um, you've got no major patterns like, uh, you know, like a follow pattern or a bowl pattern. Or, so that's sort of like healthy adult. You generally don't really see many healthy adult tests until you're like seeing tests six, you know, five, six, seven years down the line. Um, but that's how it should be. So generally what happens, um, is that you, you get, you're in this perpetual stress. So the body sort of goes into a secondary alarm reaction, which is sort of fast oxidation. So the oxidation rate tends to speed up. It's similar to metabolism. It basically means how quickly the body, body is burning energy, uh, you know, food energy is oxidation rate. So you go into fast oxidation, which is a secondary alarm state. So when you're in fast oxidation, this is, this is a, a chronic fight or flight response. You're always in fight or flight. So you're burning up all these minerals, your adrenal glands uh, getting weaker, you know, your, your, your livers be getting weaker, your kidneys are under a lot of stress. That's a big factor with people who are in fast oxidation. Anyway, 
you get the straw that breaks the camel's back. It could be a bereavement. It could be just a big night out. <laughs> you know, it could be smoking a spliff, whatever. Um, sometimes psychedelics do it, you know, just breaks, breaks the, breaks the, uh, the camel's back. Boom. Now, now we're in burnout stage. And you look at hair analysis test, it's showing slow oxidation. Remember, mild slow oxidation is not too bad considering the, looking at all of the rest of the test. Now you're in slow oxidation. You're in a foot, maybe you're in a full low pattern, which is a much more bigger derangement of, um, of, of the body. You might be in, um, sort of a, a fight or flight pattern called sympathetic dominance where you're really overthinking too much. That's when the potassium level is like four or below. So you've gone into burnout. You know, you've started off normal. You've gone into a secondary alarm reaction. And now you're in burnout. So what's happening in this sort of stage? Well, the body's still burning up zinc. It's trying to survive. It's trying to keep on going. And um, the detox pathways are shutting down even further. So you're getting more of an accumulation of toxins. The adrenal gland is becoming more and more stressed out, even though the person might not be fully aware of it because they're taking so many stimulants to keep them going. And, you know, you start getting a lot of other different symptoms, your social anxiety, your fear, your brain fog, your detachment from reality. Um, which I, I, don't want, I don't want to forget that. I might just say it quickly now. One of the body's ways of surviving when it's going through, I mean, depression is a good example. The body, the body will actually make the brain depressed um, or the body will make a person depressed on purpose to try to stop them from doing whatever they're doing. Do you know what I mean? So that's actually a survival mechanism. <clears throat> Raising the copper level in the brain is actually another survival mechanism that will detach a person from reality. It's a survival mechanism to detach a person from reality and the body's hoping that, that the person's going to stop doing whatever it's doing that's causing massive amounts of stress. So all this detachment and depression uh, is actually uh, the body doing it in a way on purpose obviously you need minerals to feel happy etc etc it's doing it on purpose to a degree i don't want to say 100 percent of the time in order to try and stop a person from doing whatever they're doing right so in terms of like copper one of the things that people need to realize is that the adrenal glands play a massive role in helping the body metabolize copper so the adrenal glands basically send signals to the liver to create copper binding proteins the main ones ceruloplasmin there's other ones like methionine. The main, main one's ceruloplasmin. And ceruloplasmin is a copper binding protein. It's an amazing protein that binds to copper. So it, it, it finds copper, grabs it, and basically allows copper to be utilized around the body. Right? So when the liver isn't producing a lot of ceruloplasmin and other copper binding proteins, a lot of the reasons because the adrenal glands are not really sending its signals, then what happens is you get a buildup of copper in the liver, you know, a buildup of, and, and then that sort of like spreads. So then you get a buildup of copper in the kidneys, you know, in the brain. And it's just because the body hasn't got the copper binding <clears throat> proteins. All right. So you've got to think this is what, this is what we call basically copper toxicity, you know, so when, <coughs> sorry about that. <coughs> Give over, Bella. When people say, you know, the, the way to solve copper toxicity is just by taking zinc, it's not actually the big picture. Obviously, zinc's really important to sort of nourish the adrenal glands. 
Copper and zinc kind of work together. Well, they like yin and yang. So generally, when you've got high copper in the body, you've got low zinc and sort of vice versa. So they do work together um, in a sort of symbiosis like that. Um, but um, Bella, sorry about that. Okay. So like a symbiosis like that. Um, but zinc's not the the only sort of player in the game. So this is what happens when, you know, people talk about copper toxicity. So then the question is, well, you know, why does people like Jason Hormel, Molly Robbins, whatever, give people copper? Well, the thing is, well, like we talked about before, why is copper really beneficial? Uh, you know, ha- beneficial? It is really beneficial, but you've got to think at the moment, now the body is sort of like building up copper and it's not using it properly. So if you was to give person copper in an available form that they can take and digest and, you know, obviously ingest into the system, they'll generally feel better because the body has some available copper. Um, now, the, the, the big problem is you get black and white. I'm copper toxic. Oh, my God, I need to reduce copper foods. I need to take more zinc. You get one side of the coin. You get the other side of the coin, which is I'm copper deficient. I need to take copper. You know, um, you know, I just need to take as much copper as, as I possibly can. What we're saying here analysis is that, that you've got to look at things um, symbiotically. So on a hair analysis test, there's a few factors involved where we can figure out how, you know, how people uh, need to deal with copper. So if you're in slow oxidation, you generally got copper toxicity. And if you're in extreme slow oxidation, you generally got copper toxicity. There are other, other indicators that you look at on hair analysis that can give you an idea of how severe the copper toxicity is. So, you know, a full low pattern is, it would be an indicator, sort of like a, a low phosphorus level would be an indicator. A low zinc level would be an indicator. Um, a sort of a low NAK ratio would be an indicator. So you can see all these indicators on the hair analysis test so to see how severe an individual is suffering from copper toxicity. But you can also see on a hair analysis test whether someone is in need of copper at that moment in time, you know, sort of available in the blood. And generally you see that on hair analysis by looking at the sodium to potassium ratio. It's called the NAK ratio. So when the NAK ratio is low, even though you're showing um, copper toxicity indicators, you know, if you're in slow oxidation, if you've got a, a low NAK, which is called the vitality ratio, um, it's actually called the life or death ratio. It's that important. doesn't mean you're going to die, but <laughs> it's so important they do call it the life and death ratio. If you've got a low NAK ratio, then it's a good idea well, it's it, it, in a way, it's essential to take a little bit of copper. Now, when you've got a low NAK ratio, usually, well, most of the time, people feel in really bad. It's a sign of poor health. Um, so I would say, you know, 80, maybe even 90% of the time, people have got a low NAK ratio, but they're also in sort of like slow oxidation. They've got copper toxicity indicators. So this is where the confusion lies. It's like, yes, you've got copper toxicity that we need to bring out of tissues into the body, into the blood, but you also need to take copper at that particular time. Some people do actually show genuine signs of copper deficiency, uh, which are generally generally fast oxidizers who show, you know, are more copper deficient. 
So someone like Jason, I mean, when you're doing it for a long time, you can tend to pick up on what people are in. He's probably a fast oxidizer. So copper for him is like nectar. Feels amazing when you take copper in your fast oxidizer. You know, if you, um, you know, fast oxidizer with a, a low NAK ratio, that is. So, um, you know, the, the, the thing that what I want to try and put across as a mineral balance practitioner is that it's not black and white. You know, it's, it's this combination of, you know, you are copper toxic, but you do need copper at the same time. And, and getting that balance and also trying to like say to people that it's not copper is not just the main player involved with all this stuff i mean you know when you've got copper toxicity you've also got to look at your lifestyle which is generally bad you, you've got to look at other um metals that will usually be toxic in especially like mercury and lead and arsenic and stuff um you know usually people are quite malnourished um so you've got to get the right combination right. You know, if you did like a vegan diet or something like that, you're going to make the problem way worse. Pardon the interruption. I want to take a quick break to talk about gut health. With all of the research coming out over the last decade, we know exactly how important the gut microbiome actually is for our overall health. If you're anything like me, then you have struggled with tons and tons of gut issues. I grew up on a lot of different antibiotics, as I got older, I did a lot of partying, drugs, alcohol, standard American diet, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward, I had chronic mold toxicity in line. After that, I really couldn't get my gut to function properly. I spent tons and tons of money on different kefirs, yogurts, probiotics, different things that really didn't seem to work. That is until I found Just Thrive. It's a 100% spore-based probiotic that arrives 100% alive in your gut for maximum impact. It has a thousand times better survivability versus other leading probiotics. It helps support digestive, immune, and total body health. For me, it really helped to beat bloating, gas, constipation, and diarrhea. And it is even clinically proven to address leaky gut in just 30 days. So what I do is I take two caps with my largest meal, and it really helps to improve nutrient absorption as well. And they are backed by a 100% money back guarantee. So for if any reason it doesn't work for you, no questions asked, you can get a refund. If you want to try out Just Thrive Spore-Based Probiotics, go over to Just Thrive Health and use code ITP15 for 15% off at the checkout. If you're anything like me in the health and optimization space, you're not only looking for which supplements may make you feel optimal, but also different technologies. The problem with most technologies on the market is they can really burn a hole in your pocket. If you are looking for the most affordable, but yet yet highly effective technologies to help promote detoxification, better sleep, mitochondrial function, immune function, look no further than Therasage. I have their portable infrared sauna and I am willing to put that sauna against any other sauna on the market. It heats up quickly. I get an amazing sweat. I've been in some of these really, really expensive saunas and I prefer my Therasage sauna. The new addition that I have in my home is the Therasage PEMF mat. This is a game changer. A lot of people who are dealing with chronic illness and autoimmune conditions could really benefit for at-home PEMF. When you're trying to do PEMF out at a clinic, it can charge like 30, 60, sometimes $100 per session. Therasage has just dropped the most affordable PEMF mat on the market. You can use it daily. It has a TENS mat. It has red light. It's a heating pad. My wife is absolutely obsessed with this thing. 
It has just brought more energy, mental clarity, and all around overall well-being. I gave up my morning meditation recently and just started laying on the PEMF mat. It's such a great addition to have that with the sauna. The PEMF will help you to release a lot of the toxins and then you can sweat those out via the sauna and you will just feel rejuvenated. So if you wanna try out any of the Therasage products, you can use the code Kaufman10. I will link to their website in the show notes. They have the most amazing affordable technology biohacks on the planet. Yeah, um, I'm glad you touched on that kind of adrenal component because, um, you know, when you're studying Morley, I, you know, I listened to like a million and one podcasts of him, uh, you know, played his audio book a couple times, two, three times, just trying to get a grasp because he's, he is very smart and he's very um, well researched, but I just don't think he understands the total nuance of everything because, he, you know, their camp kind of feels like you can just like do adrenal cocktails two, three times a day for your sodium, potassium, and then you'll know, take cop. You know, basically all you need is some amount of copper. Morley's more conservative, you know, two, four milligrams, uh, retinol from uh, cod liver oil, and then whole food vitamin C for the tyrosine. And that's going to activate your ceruloplasmin. And that's going to, you know, get your copper more bioavailable and utilize it, utilize it better. But like the HTMA practitioners, like, oh, it's a little bit deeper than that. Maybe you don't need copper depending on your oxidation rate or your metabolism, whatever you want to call it. And maybe you do. And then also the adrenals are playing a role because they're sending the signal to kind of, you mean, even activate the ceruloplasm as <clears throat> is. So it's not just this whole food vitamin C component. There's more going on if you're an adrenal burnout you know adrenal cocktail is not really going to do too much in my opinion it's just orange juice with a little sodium and potassium in it i don't think that's a magical elixir there i think there's a lot more going on at the biochemistry level that that really is going to take someone out of the adrenal burnout in general so mm-hmm. i'm super glad you touched on that for sure and then mm-hmm. i know zinc is a component and it seems like it's one of the it's like You know, when you talk to Clark, you know, for instance, he'll say zinc's the number one deficiency. Do you think Mm -hmm. that's like because of like how we've demonized red meat in the the diet? Or is it the fact that the stress of the system, the heavy metals, the lifestyle depletes zinc at such a rapid rate? What's going on with the zinc connection? I think it's a bit of both, really. I mean, the thing is with zinc is whenever the body's stressed, the body's going to, you know, burn up zinc basically so um you know most people today are extremely stressed so you got to couple that with the fact that um we're getting poorer quality foods um you know people are not not just eating red meat you know you know they're not really eating much good quality white meat you know, and it's about sort of having like, a, you know, having like a sort of whole foods in a sense when it comes to eating meat. So it's not just having like really lean meat. Do you know what I mean? Like chicken thighs are good because you get the ligaments, you get the skin, you know, you get, you get a lot of components of like the food as a whole. So it's definitely a combination of, of stress and uh, the, the malnourishment of food. But there's also like um, cognitional issues, you know, if you're, a pregnant woman and you're also suffering from the stuff that we're talking about you're not going to be passing like a high zinc load onto your child um you know and then i mean i've got a one-year-old so i've got much more of a better understanding of this now i mean there is a you know getting 
So, I mean, a lot of people will be probably fearful of feeding their kid one-year-old steak and stuff, and there's, there's, there's an argument to that, you know. So, you know, we sort of feed him sort of like a boiled organic uh, sort of lamb mince and stuff like that, which is much softer, you know. So I, I could see from a, chi- from a child's perspective how getting that red meat in them probably quite deficient because I think a lot of people have this uh, understandable concept of, oh, you know, this is sort of a choking issue. I don't want to feed them sort of like meat. It's quite tough or whatever. Um, and then when, when you sort of like see some of the foods that you can get off the shelf, they're not very rich in, in, in sort of in, in red meat, especially. So from as a parent, from a parental perspective, you can kind of see how, kids get brought up on a very, very zinc-deficient diet straight away, you know. And uh, there's something about eating zinc as a whole food and meat with the amino acids um, and all the other aspects rather than just taking a zinc, a zinc supplement. It's like night and day. Like, you've got to get that wholeness um, for it to actually perforate deeply into cells. I, I personally find... You know, like whenever, you know, um, so um, from my personal experience, I mean, one of the things, it's a bit of a weird topic to talk about, but, you know, one of the things that we try and get men to do especially is to reduce their sexual fluid loss because zinc is such, uh, uh, the semen is very, very highly rich in zinc. So what you'll find is that, you know, I, I speak to women on the program and I tell them, you know, you've got this holy trinity of things that you need to focus on, which is diet, lifestyle and detox. It's like before you even big think, before you even look at other aspects, those are the main things. If you don't get one of them right, the chance of you moving forward is very slim. But for men, it's like the holy diamond, <laughs> the holy square. They've got to stop the ejaculation. Because they can be doing the detox, the diet, and the lifestyle really well. But if you're constantly, constantly re- re- remove, releasing high levels of zinc constantly, you can't replenish that. The body's already really deficient in zinc itself. So trying to replace that is really challenging. Um, but the point I was trying to make is when you're recovering from that um, zinc loss from sexual fluid... I find, and this is the same with all my clients, is that in order for, for you to feel better, eating red meat is way quicker um, than taking a zinc supplement. So it's getting that red meat into the system is the most important. And I just don't think kids are getting getting much. I mean, I hang around now, obviously, with, with a lot of parents and stuff. So you see, you know, they're just not eating red meat. It's chicken nuggets and fries and uh you know all that sort of stuff we're in a pandemic of zinc deficiency yeah it's it's cool that you guys touch on that because i think a lot of camps you know i've been researching pretty deep in the health space for like six seven years trying to you know put myself back together and all you ever really hear about is like magnesium loss like if you're stressed just take more magnesium more magnesium Mm -hmm. and it you know you get into a little bit more of the HTMA circles and you're like, well, it's actually calcium, it's magnesium, it's zinc. Like you're going to lose quite a bit of, you know, minerals just in general from stress. And, 
you know, it's funny. I also talk to a lot of people, you know, like, well, my life's not really that stressful. And it's like, well, if you've been eating a standard American diet for 20, 30 years, you've accumulated a bunch of heavy metals. Some of that have even been there since birth, most likely, because our parents didn't know much. And they were, you know, like you said, I grew up the same way, just fast food and just, you know, pizzas and whatever, you know. So they already accumulated some metals. They gave them to you. You don't really have to necessarily live a super stressful lifestyle in 2023 for your nervous system to just be stressed, basically, from the accumulation of the chronic infections, the heavy metals, the parasites, and things of that nature. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, now you've got external, big external issues, like the, the obvious ones, pollution. The less obvious ones, EMFs. Um, EMF, you know, the, the EMF in our environment has actually gone up around 10, I don't, I don't know the, the exact number, but it's between four and 10 quadrillion times from background radio, uh, background EMF frequencies. It's insane. Now, yeah, it's crazy. So especially radio frequency stimulates the body, stimulates the adrenal glands. I mean, um, you know, you just have to speak to people who say like, yeah, turn your, turn your phone off before you go to bed, you'll sleep better. And that's actually part of our everyday chat. But people don't realize the reason why you sleep better is not necessarily because you're, um, you're not staring at blue light. Because generally, if you're not watching your phone, uh, not staring to your phone, you're generally watching TV. So you're still getting the blue light, but you generally, you know, people that are not overly sensitive will sleep better. Well, the reason is they're not sat there with EMFs blasted into the face just before bedtime. So that's another factor is EMFs is a huge contributor um, to to all of this stuff, which sort of like, you know, let, lends itself to what we're sort of explaining all the way along is like, um, it's such a holistic process. I mean, what you were saying about Morley Robbins, I don't know the program too in depth, but it's like, oh, well, take this, take this, take this, take this. But really as a practitioner, you know, if what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to just ask the person questions and figure out what's actually going off for them. Because there's some people that are really, really sensitive to EMFs. They're not even aware of it. So I know that I need to get them into a safe space before they can even properly heal. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it, that's what frustrates me about other people. I'm not saying everyone does it, but it's just like, oh, just do this, take this, take this. It's like, actually, in reality... You've really got to get get to know a person, you know. Sometimes you can pick up on like abuse as a child, and they've got you've got to help them work through that, which is more of a psychological thing, even though mineral balancing helps. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's such a holistic, you know, like what you were just saying then. Just oh, just take magnesium. Well, it's not. Yeah, we're all pretty deficient in magnesium, but you know, everyone's looking for this one thing: magnesium, lime. Copper, you know, it's that's not how the body where the bodies are multifunctional. You know, we're literally working with the probably the most complex organism that we're aware of at this moment in time. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like driving around in the, you know, driving driving around in a Bugatti, taking it driving it at two hundred mile an hour for twenty years. You've never cleaned it. You, you're, filling the, you're filling the fuel up with chip fat oil. You know, you've crushed it a few times. You're not even aware that you've crushed it because you're that dazed out. You know, you're sat in there, you're drinking, you're smoking, 
So it's like driving around in a Bugatti for 30 years, absolutely killing it. And then trying to figure out, well, why is the engine not working? And then saying, oh, the engine, the, the reason why the car's not working is because you need to swap chip fat oil for, for pet, for deep, for petrol. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's one component, but the engine's messed up. The oil's messed up. You know, the structure of the car is messed up. You know, it's not just about changing the oil or changing the fuel. It's literally about putting that car inside of a garage for a complete overhaul. And that's basically what mineral balancing is all about. It's, you know, it's understanding that it's a really good way of thinking about it, actually, is thinking about it in terms of like a car. And, um, you know, basically that's what we do. We're just like, we're managing an extremely complex car. But the basics are very similar. You know, if you if you if you put the car down, pedal to the metal, well, what you're going to do is, is similar to being in fast oxidation. You, you're burning the engine out. So what happens when you burn the engine out? You keep doing it, doing it, doing it. It's oh, it's eventually going to burn out, and then you're going to be in the slow lane of the highway because the, the engine's being burnt out. You know, so um, usually when the engine, you know, so it's very similar similar way of looking at it is looking at it from a holistic perspective. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my advice. Yeah. I love the analogy. So let's get back into this part you said of, so even though someone may be showing hidden copper indicators on an HTMA, we may still give them copper depending on the sodium potassium or NAK ratio, whatever uh, terminology you want to use. Now, is that simply because the more we get, because for the more I try to go through Susan's course, it seems like the most important thing that we're doing is manipulating that ratio. And by manipulating that ratio, we're going to balance out more of the organs, the glands, the detox functions. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm still learning, but it seems like that's the reason why we would want to give copper because if we can keep balancing that sodium potassium ratio as close to the ideal ratio as possible over time, then everything else will begin to dump. And, you know, am, am I, am I onto something there or am I off? Yeah, to a degree. I mean, when you're looking at hair analysis ratios, you got the, the main ones really sort of like calcium-magnesium ratio and the sodium-potassium ratio. Um, <clears throat> the main thing that like affects the calcium-magnesium ratio is dietary things, so like sugar and carbohydrates are generally the biggest thing that, that affects that. Um, and then generally, you know, the sodium-potassium ratio, the biggest thing that affects that is sort of like stress, you know, lifestyle, and, uh, you know, Dr. Eck found out early on that the way to balance a low NAK ratio is to boost up the copper and to, you know, to, to deal with a high NAK ratio is to reduce, uh, is to sort of you know, add zinc. <laughs> yeah, it's a big focus, but, you know, does that mean if, you know, you've, so some people, for example, got a chronically low NAK ratio, we'll, we'll keep giving them lincomin and it'll stay chronic. They will still detox if they do the enemas and do the saunas. They'll still restart to remove metals and stuff. So it, what I'm trying to say is it, it, it's not like a case of you won't move forwards if you don't get the, the, the ratio balanced, you know. But in terms of, like, severity, I mean, we do call it the life-death ratio. We call it the vitality ratio. You know, sodium and potassium are sort of like... Um, 
you know, the electrical minerals of the body. So if they're sort of out of balance, um, you know, inside and outside of the cells, um, you're going to get sort of EMF, EMF issues, emotional issues. Um, you know, generally people with a low NAK ratio feel stuck. They feel like they're in a hole. Um, they're stuck in the past. So, yeah, it's an extremely important ratio to deal with and manage. And to deal with and manage that, it's a mixture of taking the limb coming over the zinc, making sure the diet's, um, you know, really um, superior, <clears throat> making sure the body's well rested. Um, <clears throat> but that doesn't mean you're going to not move forwards in other ways if you do have this chronic NAK ratio that's low. So it's really, really important to balance it. But does that mean people aren't going to move forwards until that's balanced? That, that would be a no, because they'll still move forwards. In many ways, you've got to actually remove some a lot of toxins in order for the NAK ratio to balance itself, because the body's just in that much of a state that you actually have to you know remove some of the sort of bricks that broke the camel's back um, before that ratio can actually like boost itself up properly. Um, so, like I say, it, it, it is this conglomerate of things that we're all doing at the same time on a hair analysis, on a mineral balancing program, that you, we're trying to tick every box all at the same time, really. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so, as someone's balancing out um, on a program, how long does it usually, I'm sure obviously it's everyone's different, but generally what do you practitioners see as far as the timeline on when people start to dump the excess copper on the test? Um, <clears throat> I think one thing that is really important to discuss is um, how old people are. So the younger you are, generally the quicker you will heal. That's just what happens and it kind of makes sense. Um, just younger people have just more energy to use up. So, you know, if you're looking at like a kid that's got copper toxicity or copper imbalances, you can, you can give them supplements and, you know, to balance out the NAK ratio. And you really don't have to do that many detox therapies with them. And they'll generally balance out the copper very rapidly, sometimes within months. Um, wow. then, you know, as you start getting sort of, past your teenage years you know the biggest problem with teenage years these days is that we hammer our bodies so much um you know i've got a little brother who's quite a lot younger than me and he's seen what i've gone through and he you know didn't really follow my advice started taking drugs doing vaping um eating you know he was well known in our family for someone who never ate any greens and he's actually come to me recently asking for a hair test because I'm, you know, he's obviously feeling some of the stuff that I was feeling when I was his age. Um, so I looked at his, his hair test and it, it was a hair test that you would expect to see from someone his age, 2021, where it was in slow oxidation, it was in sympathetic dominance, but it wasn't in like a severe four-low pattern or like a three-low pattern. It was just, it, it, it moved, you know, it'd gone, it, it started that stage of burnout, but it was not in full burnout. So, you know, someone like him, bearing in mind, you know, when I was his age, I'd taken Accutane. 
which was a really uh, huge thing to deal with. So if you've not taken any sort of medical drugs that have really messed you up, you know, in your 20s, if you're really diligent with the programme, you know, you could be looking at one to two years before you sort of balance out uh, copper. I'm speaking generally here. And then sort of when you get past your 30s or in your late 20s and you've really been hitting things hard, um, you know, it could take a little bit longer. But in, in terms of like that copper dump that we talk about, so we, we talk about a copper dump whereby all of a sudden on the hair test, you know, the copper levels will go through the roof usually or it will go much higher. You generally don't need to get a hair test for you to, re- to understand when someone's going through a copper dump um, because you'll get an email and it's kind of like, what the whatever's going off. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not sleeping. Um, I've got horrendous anxiety. So you can generally um, you generally tell, tell me if someone's going through a copper dump. So in order to, like, see a copper dump, you know, that, that can be anywhere between, like, six months to like two and a half years, and that is difficult to kind of. Um, generally, the more burnt out a person is, the longer it's going to take. So, if you see a see a pattern like a full low pattern, which is like you know really quite a severe pattern, then then people generally take longer to sort of dump the copper. But again, you know, the sort of theme of the whole uh, discussion is even when that person's dumped copper or even when a large amount of copper's come out, that doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden their problems are going to disappear. You know, um, you know, there's a, there's a big thing in, in hair analysis whereby just topping your zinc level back up on its own can take a year just to do that. Um, you know, complete liver regeneration can take up to 10 years. Um... So although you have, you know, removed some of the major players that are causing the engine to not function properly, um, so let's, you know, you throw a spanner in the engine, that could be copper. You've pulled that spanner out of the engine. You know, now it's about putting the nuts and bolts back together, you know, which is like, you know, fixing the adrenal glands and, and, and stuff like that. Um but yeah, it's uh, a lot of it's on how people, how diligent people are on the program. Um, that's a big, a big player. Um, but generally, when people do dump copper, they will gen- generally feel better. Um, the biggest um, problem that you can have is um, getting people to switch to like a copper protocol uh, fairly quickly um, because. You know, when when the body's dumping copper, um, all of the things that copper toxicity can produce will generally heighten. So things like sleep disturbances will get ten times worse. Um, you know, and when you try, when your anxiety increases, um, you know, your your mind. If you've got a racing mind, that will increase. Um, so if you can imagine, you know, your skin issues might increase, your, your acne might increase. So if you can imagine, like, if you're experiencing all of that all at the same time, you're not sleeping very well, um, you've got heightened anxiety, all of these problems that you're trying to deal with, like skin issues or acne, have all of a sudden flared up. So you're freaking out. Most people 
would kind of freak out when they're going through a copper dump. So it's really important as a practitioner, and that's kind of what happens in the Jason Hommel's group, in my opinion, is they'll take copper and they'll almost go through what we would call a copper dump, but it's just the body trying to get rid of the excess copper. You know, it's not actually a dump. So the body's like freaking out, do you know what I mean? And uh, you've really then got to get people to take, you know, things um, that help bind to copper, you know, things like inositol, choline, um, you know, doing uh, maybe reducing sauna time or reducing the saunas because a sauna will just push that out even more. Um, you know, generally the, the rule is once the body starts a dump, it will finish it to the end. So, you know, you don't have to like keep doing the saunas and stuff. So that was one of the biggest problems that I had when I was dumping copper is that I just kept on doing the program uh, fully when really that was not a very wise move. You know, you, really you want to be slowing down the program, probably taking some of the supplements that are a bit stimulatory and then taking, you know, things like leth lecithin, you know, uh, things that bind to copper, you know, maybe a little bit of molybdenum, etc. I've got a whole video on, on what you need to do when you're dumping copper, but it's kind of its own program in a sense. Um, and, yeah, that is something that um, is super, super important for practitioners to to jump on extremely quick when people are going through a copper dump. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was actually my next question is, like, you know, it sounds like people can – experience so many symptoms all at once is there a way to kind of back off or supplement extra um things yeah send me the link to that exact um video we'll put that in the show notes for anybody who maybe is on the protocol and might start to experience a copper dump i'll put a few of your youtube videos up in there about copper um what about the coffee enema? so i've heard that this can help to reduce like some of the iron or the copper obviously the metals um uh, within the liver so our coffee enema is a good idea when you are experiencing uh, copper dump yeah i mean for, for anyone that's suffering from like severe copper toxicity i would probably say that enemas are probably vital to do a lot of people like sway away from enemas because of like the idea of doing them um but generally when you've got copper toxicity most of the copper buildup or a large part of the copper buildup is actually in the liver so actually like detoxifying the liver or also like supporting the liver is in a way a challenge. I mean, in a way, supporting anything inside the body is kind of a challenge. You can't, because it's inside the body, you can't really see it too well. And trying to get to it, you know, I mean, people tend to take milk thistle, you know, but doing something like the coffee enema, which is sort of like taking in um, coffee in, in the form of a solution, is extremely powerful at sort of like not only, you know, cleaning out the colon, um, but stimulating the bile uh, duct in, in the liver. So that actually that actually basically squirts and, and sucks out toxins from the liver. It really, really helps to heal the liver, um, you know, on a very on a very deep level. So in terms of like using coffee enemas to um, fix your copper toxicity, in my opinion, is pro probably the best detox protocol to use um but actually when you're actually going through a copper elimination process um you've kind of got to be a little bit careful doing enemas and that's for any healing reaction really 
Because the enema's going to do one of two things. If the coffee, if the uh, copper that's been dumped, if that's just already come out the liver and it's circulated around the body, doing a coffee enema will help um, will help the body detox that excess copper in the blood out of the body. But if the liver or whatever organ or whatever tissue this excess copper's come from, if it's not finished with that dump yet, so it's just released a little bit, because the body is quite intelligent, it's not going to release it all at once because that's probably dangerous, highly dangerous. So if the body uh, releases a little bit, but there's still more to come, and the person does an enema, you get a problem where it could actually re re release more of the copper that's waiting to come out in that particular dump. So it's one of them ones that's, you know, it's, I, on the, to be on the safe side, I, I generally just say to clients, it's probably best for you to like stop doing the enemas for the moment because there's a 50-50 chance that you're going to even feel better or worse. <laughs> um, I mean, sauna therapy is definitely something uh, that people need to reduce. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really important to, to have on hand some of the um, sort of copper binders, like I mentioned, inositol. You know, choline are really big ones. You can find them. You can find them in like sunflower lecithin. So that's a good supplement to keep. Um, you know, two hundred milligrams of like molybdenum. Uh, sorry, two hundred micrograms of molybdenum um, is also useful uh, when you're going for a copper dump. You know, making sure that you've got some distilled water at hand. Um, so obviously, distilled water is uh, you know sort of hungry water. So it sort of like will bind to toxins so distilled water is generally really good just going out on long walks is generally really good just to keep yourself grounded um you know maybe taking extra things to um help you sleep like a valerian root you know slippery elm um that sort of stuff but but basically what i'm trying to say is we're trying to put a lid on things is you know what the main thing that you need to focus on when you're going through any healing reaction. Um, but um, I think it is quite important to um, distinguish between what metal you're releasing and what binders to take. You know, some stuff are better at binding to copper, some stuff's better at binding to, to mercury and stuff. So that's something I've actually implemented into, into my app is a troubleshooting system whereby you, it takes you through a series of questions to figure out how well you're doing the program. Because basically, this is one of the things that practitioners have to do in real time <clears throat> when they're trying to figure out whether someone's going for a healing reaction. So the first thing you generally need to do is you need to ask the person how well they've been doing the program. Because if, if they've been doing the program well, the chance of them going for a healing reaction is way higher and if they've been going through a really stressed period, you know, um, or for men they've been, you know, ejaculating a lot, then sometimes the, the feelings that the client's getting is actually a feeling of them being just being stressed, being more stressed, you know. So that's the first thing to do is to figure out how well you're doing the program. So that's what the app does. It figures out how well you're doing the program. And on the next, uh, next thing to ask or on the next part of the app, there's basically like um, smoking gun symptoms that you generally get when you're going for a healing reaction. This is like any healing reaction. So 
you know, really common one is a metallic taste in the mouth. That's probably like number one. You know, do you have a metallic taste in your mouth? Um, have you got a, a sudden onset of brain fog? Um, it's another one. Has your libido, if you've got any, <laughs> reduced? Um, so then you can figure out, well, yeah, you've got smoking gun sort of healing reaction symptoms. You're doing the program well. So that's, you know, one plus one is equal in two at the moment. And then you can then ask people specific questions about symptoms relating to specific toxins. So if you're going for a copper dump, generally you will get an increased racing mind. You can get like pains in the shoulders is quite common. Headaches are quite common. Um, what else is common? Uh, sort of a flare-up of acne is common. Rashes are quite common. Um, diarrhea is quite common because that copper's killing the candida off, which we was talking about earlier on. So you've got this these lists. Sometimes people won't tick any of them. They'll tick, you know, um, some of these, some of the symptoms more related to mercury, which is like, uh, you know, a sudden, a sudden, uh, fee, a sudden disinterest in work and relationships. It's a really common mercury symptom. Um, so you can actually ask questions and figure out what toxin a person is likely removing. One of the things that I've actually integrated recently as a practitioner is heavy metal uh, P-tests. Because one of the biggest issues that we had as practitioners is that if you think someone's going for a healing reaction, in order for, to figure that out, sometimes you've got to have a little bit of hair growth, then you've got to cut the hair, send it to the lab. You're talking two, three weeks. So having a at-home urine heavy metal test kit can be, in a way, life-saving for some people that are going through this horrendous experience because you can say to them, look, I think you're detoxing mercury. And the P-tests are really actually quite accurate for acute um, issues like this. So they'll go and do a P-test and it'll show up, you know, manganese or copper or, um, you know, lead. The good, the good thing about the app that I've built is that I can get people to run through that app, see what it thinks it's going through and then get them to do a P-test and it'll, you know, it's highly accurate. I mean, it's like close to 90, 100% accurate at the moment. Um, you, you, you know, you match them up. Um, and then usually you get a hair test back um, and you'll sort of see, you know, the copper or the arsenic or the nickel um, on the hair test as well. Yeah, that's cool. I, I haven't heard anyone say that they're incorporating um that because that you're right it does you know if i just had a haircut it might take a minute and then um sometimes i i would imagine you're even going to see some things in the urine that you might not see in the hair because if the you know organs of elimination are working correctly you know you're kind of trying to get it out in the feces or the urine do you have a specific test that you like that you think is i mean it sounds like whatever you're using is accurate can we get that here in the u.s yeah, it's a company called Os, Os, uh, Osumex. Uh, Osumex. So it's O S. How do you spell it? Uh, o S U M E X. Osumex. O S U M E X. Okay. Is it uh, relatively inexpensive? Yeah, they've got, they've got a. No, it's. I think it's quite cheap. I think it's like uh, twelve euros or some, uh, twelve dollars or something like that. But when you're going through that experience, twelve twelve dollars is nothing. 
Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you can get them in America. You can get them in Europe. We actually store them on our on our Europe uh, store. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert in all of the P-tests out there, but that seems to be the one that's cost-effective. It, man, it does assess quite a few toxic metals. Not all of them, don't get me wrong, but the, the main, the main, uh, the main ones, you know, the mercury, you know, copper, nickel, manganese, etc. Uh, well, manganese is not technically a toxic metal, but that's another story, another t- conversation. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I found it a very, especially with the app, very, uh, great tool to, um, help people, uh, basically, because yeah, I mean, when I was going through that copper dump and, you know, I was, I was in Thailand and I was having to send my hair to America. I mean, that, that process was horrendous. Um, you know, you really feel sorry for people when they're going through this sort of stuff because it's not a nice feeling and it, you feel a little bit, it's very difficult as a practitioner because, you know, on one level you sat there thinking you, you've got to go through this situation. There's no other way of, I mean, unless someone comes up with some way of getting, some way of being able to take excess toxins from the liver straight out of the system without it going into the bloodstream and through the limitary organs, this is the situation, we've, this is the cause that we've been dealt. We've got no other option for people to go through healing reactions, you know. So um, it's about having like a toolbox um, available you know, for when people do actually go through um, these healing reactions, because, you know, it's inevitable that at some point they will. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to maybe I'm going to incorporate that into my practice once I'm done. I like the being able to just have the urine test right at home so maybe they can get at least an idea. At, I You know, having a little bit of data is good, you know, like that will give someone a little bit of like sigh of relief. Like, okay, I'm moving something around. Specifically, mercury seems to be insanely taught like the especially if you had like mercury fillings and it's really like in the brain that was my case I, um, I had a lot of mercury fillings growing up and um, I, my first like maybe like month four to five something like that on the program like my mercury shot up and that was like crazy you know brain fog fatigue lots of parasites like it, it was crazy and it feels like the mercury in the brain, the the body's almost like it's safer where it's at. Like, don't move it, you know? And then when you start to move it around, like, you just start to get all these crazy symptoms. That oh, And then I see the test, you know, I seen the test and I was like, cool, the mercury shot up and a few other metals. So I was like a little bit relieved, even though I felt awful. I was like, at least something's moving around. But if I could have had one of those pee strips, those urine strips, that would have been nice to just see right in the moment. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and this is one of the things that the body's really good at. And this is why, you know, we, we analyze tissues is because if you've got an acute, you know, if you've got an acute, if you give people a, a, a dosage of mercury in the bloodstream, they're going to die. You know, arsenic, we all know. I mean, mercury is, as far as I'm aware, the number one and number two most toxic substance for human being, for human body. So the body, when the body takes in top, toxins if it can't eliminate them it will push them into tissues because it can't be having this toxin floating around the blood because it'll kill it it'll kill you know the body's why it's going to kill the body if the detox pathways are shut down because the energy level's so low it's going to push it's going to shut these toxins into tissues that's just uh, the wisdom of the body so you know when you go and get blood tests and so i'm not saying that blood tests are bad per se i mean you get a lot of, you get you can get a lot of stuff from blood tests 
but the you know the body you've probably heard this before by mineral balancing practitioners but the the blood uh, is a, is a buffered system uh you know the body you know if there's an acute problem in the blood the body can die pretty quick um so you know the the body does a does a, puts all this stuff into tissues so hair tissue mineral analysis is actually looking at the body from a cellular perspective from a tissue level perspective which gives you a much deeper understanding of what's going on at a cellular level because really a, a cell is you know is uh, if you if you think about sort of um, vectors I mean a cell's just like a human body on one level it's got an, a limited it limit eliminates things it takes things in so if you look at the cells in reality what you're doing is you're actually looking at the body as a whole because the cell is actually um, the the human body is a vector is a larger vector of the cell if that makes sense. So that's why looking at cells is so important um, and it gives you a, an understanding of the bigger picture at large um, because if you think, you know, cells, I mean, I don't know how many cells were in the body, you know, trillions really, um, and they're just little miniature versions, you know, you are basically, you are basically a conglomerate of how healthy your cells are. So if you can figure out how sick or how healthy your cell is, and and uh, figure out ways to actually make that cell healthier that's just going to manifest in who you are as a human so um you know this is why the the real uh, test is, is is tissue analysis um unfortunately when it comes to copper uh copper is very hard to test for copper toxicity uh the only the, the only way to do it would be to get a liver biopsy test which is obviously impossible. <laughs> it's very, very difficult to get a, your doctor or a hospital to do a, a liver biopsy test. Um, they'll generally only do it when this, you know, they think that you suffer from like Wilson's disease or something like that. But you know, it's the same argument that I have with the copper deficient people. You know, one argument I have is um, if if people don't have copper toxicity. Why does copper toxicity always show up on a liver biopsy test? <laughs> so that's basically like, you know, because their, their argument is, well, hair analysis uh, doesn't really show copper load. It's more of uh, you look at markers. Um, but my argument is twofold. It's, you know, one, um, why does copper toxicity show up on, cop on liver biopsy tests if copper toxicity isn't real? And the second one is... Um, if you say copper toxicity isn't real, why does people's copper levels on a hair mineral analysis test when they're doing a mineral balancing program shoot up at some point um, and they will get the copper toxicity symptoms? And then subsequently, once that copper's been removed and the, the hair test's showing it back at a reasonable level, why do people's symptoms improve after that process happens? So if 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 one if they want to argue with the hair analysis thing, I mean I think I mean Jason Hommel has got no clue about hair analysis tests, but his argument is fluoride. Then you just go back to the liver biopsy one, which is well, you know, if you want to argue that away, which is a poor argument, you just go back to the liver biopsy and say, well, why are people, you know, why does a high levels of copper show on a liver biopsy test for people that you know have got copper toxicity symptoms? Yeah, he'll tell you to take uh, 50 milligrams of copper, and when you 
puke up your breakfast. Uh, it was all just all the fluoride just rushed to your to your uh, organs, and you should just take more the next day. Kind of wild. Well, yeah. I mean, we was talking about it before we come on on today. And I was saying to you, um, the best way, that you, the, 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 if you've come from a scientific, if you want to use the scientific process um, and you want to come at things from an honest and integral perspective, as a practitioner, you should always go into anything or any conversation uh, realizing the truth. We are, I, it is the truth that you don't know 100% of everything. No one knows. I mean, no, scientists don't even know how I've just closed my hand, which is consciousness. They haven't got no clue how that works. So you know, you can't, you can't, you can't think that you know all of the answers. So if you, you know, you, which means that you should be able to deal with scrutiny or at least deal with questions. So one of the issues that I had in the Copper Evolution group was that I went into that group thinking. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe there's something in this group that I'm unaware of. If you're still there, we've got a little breakup. Are you still there? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I, I went into that group thinking there's something that I might be unaware of. And uh, as a result, started asking questions, very reasonable questions, without any sort of aggression or anything like that. Um, and found that the response wasn't was very poor so i would obviously then respond back to that and the responses were uh very bad uh to a point where he just banned me and then we went into a sort of a personal discussion on on messenger and again he kind of got aggressive so um it's one of the reasons why i ended up making a video on the youtube channel uh which again i mean i'm quite i made the video as a uh, an analysis of some of the articles and some of the um, thought processes in the Copper Revolution group, and I'm quite open for anyone, Jason or anyone, to look at them videos and actually come back with a response. Um, in a way, I want, I would like that to happen because that gives me a chance to maybe learn something. Um, and uh, but I haven't got any response yet, you know, and that's got like, a few thousand views on it. So, um, but yeah, I think the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, if you've got a, same with the Morley Robbins group, I noticed that if you do try and say anything that's against the grain, um, instead of them coming back with, um, some research or an argument that actually makes sense, um, you'll just be removed from the group. So that's really a pet peeve of mine. You know, I, I, I don't. I've got a couple of Facebook groups to do with hair analysis and stuff, and I make a big effort not to ban people. Um, in fact, I, as far as I'm aware, I've not actually banned anyone um, because we can just have a dialogue. And if you're if you're coming from a place of truth, and they're coming from a place of untruth, the dialogue just ends up fizzing away because the other person eventually just realizes that you're coming back at them with just common sense answers. So even if you end up agreeing to disagreeing, there's no need to be banning people from a group, you know, and that's just not the scientific method anywhere. So what I'm trying to say is if you ever come across someone that's like that, that's very, uh, you know, uh, very heavy with the banning and the blocking and the, and this, this, that and the other, which is very ironic in the copper revolution group because 
<laughs> all uh, Mr. Hamill talks about is free speech. Um, and then uh, does the opposite of that. So uh, <laughs> that's, a red, that's a red flag for me. I mean, this is one of the things like, I mean, I get a lot of questions about Copper Revolution, but what really irks me and frustrates me is like, I don't actually want to go any deeper into it and expose it even more because I'm just wasting my time. I went in there, I sort of saw stuff that I think's just completely inaccurate. I got banned, blocked. I made a video about it and that's it. You know, you got to move on from it because you end up spending so much time. It's a little bit like spending time trying to prove to people the earth isn't flat. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you can't just, you can't like, sometimes you've got to like say what you need to say and just move on. You know, I'd much prefer to spend a lot more time, you know, going into things that actually have some weight, some, you know, some weight to it. So there's a few sort of things in hair analysis. You've got the ARL sort of camp, you've got the trace elements camp, you know, I spend much more time delving into what trace elements do and their sort of processes and methods and stuff because I actually find that, you know, I'm going to get more use out of out of delving deep into that side of things, you know, rather than someone who's just talking nonsense on the internet. Yeah, no, I'm glad you dove into that. I thought your response was very professional and level-headed and you know i've even had discussions with aaron about that it's like you know what what are you wasting your time on trying to call out any other camps just you know prove just show results that's all you do just stick to what you're good at and what you know and show results and i think you guys do that pretty well and what i this is another thing you know like jason actually does read a lot of science and so does morley but Mm. then the white papers have not been time tested over you know a bunch of cases they're just kind of drawn from the white paper you know trying to analyze the the body and its complexities just from papers and science in a lab or some studies but the htma people i started to realize have been doing this for decades they have probably millions of reports at this point that can just prove it and it's like yeah okay you have the science and you're trying to you're making logical sense from that but have you tried it on millions of reports and seen the results and that's what kind of grabbed my attention from HTMA. yeah i mean the good thing about hair analysis as well is you can actually see the results you know with like the, the revolution group it's more like oh just feel into it oh it's like well we're actually using a lab to see exactly what's going on and, you know, re- reading literature and reading books and reading that, like, it's super, super important. But, I mean, you've got to be a little bit careful. You Obviously, you know that, you know, people, there's biases. You know, people do do um, scientific reports in order to try and irk out something that they, an answer that they want, you know, there's funding involved. So, you know, I'm not, you know, it's really important to read literature and stuff um and read books and read as much information as possible but you know you've got to be careful about that aspect of things um you've got to also i mean with 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 uh you know homo like and and i'm not i'm not that that up about morley but he reads a lot of literature which i find which is fantastic don't get me wrong i'm not going to knock that but then doesn't implement a scientific lab to prove that uh conclusion that that to me makes no sense 
because you, 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 all you're going off is what you've read. But in order to prove what you've read, you've got to implement some sort of um, scientific, um, you know, lab marker or some sort of scientific um, result in order to match up what you're reading with the di- with direct experience. You know, you can't just go on symptoms because that's kind of the opposite of the scientific method. That's just anecdotal. You can't read stuff and then say, well, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm right because I'm getting all of these anecdotal responses back. Well, no, I mean, you know, one thing about hair analysis is that we do get a- anecdotal messages from clients, but we can also prove that by looking at the hair test and saying, well, this is the reason why they're feeling like this because we can actually visibly see it. So that's another conflict that I found initially with that sort of group is that it makes no sense to me to read all this literature and I have nothing scientific to back it up, no blood work results, no hair analysis results, whatever, urine results, I don't know, whatever you want to show us, you know, show us, but you can't just go off written papers. You know, it has to be combined. You know, it's, it's input output, you know what I mean? Garbage in, garbage out. You will learn it from school, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, man. Speaking of the, you know, hair analysis for this last little uh, bit that we got, I want to definitely plug your app, which I can't wait to use as a practitioner. I think it's going to, you know, it's revolutionizing the space. I love the data that I get back from it just from doing my um, testing through Aaron. Um, it's just super cool. It's professional looking. You can you look at the uh, graphs side by side from last test to new, which I think is super great because a lot of people want to see those changes and it makes it easy on the practitioner not to have, you know, pull up the last one, look at the new one and try to, you know, compare and contrast the results. Um, so why did you decide to build the app and, you know, why, why should people jump on the app? Yeah, so um, I've got an app. It's uh, www.hairanalysis.report. Um, <clears throat> basically, how it came about about four years ago when I was working for Dr. Wilson as a, as a hair analysis practitioner. Um, you know, doc, 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 Dr. Wilson wanted us to look at the client's hair test results and then send him an email with all the patterns on there. Now, as you can imagine, you know, I wasn't charging too much at the time, so I was taking up a lot of my time. I, already, I knew the patterns, it was just taking time to to go through a process of irking them out. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to build an app to do it for me. Um, so I sort of started building it. And after a while, I sort of realized that this is when the vision started to sort of come out. I sort of realized that this is going to be really helpful for practitioners as well. So, you know, one of the things that you'll find when you get into hair analysis, and I mean, we've only just briefly touched on the copper aspect of hair analysis, but there's hundreds and hundreds of hair analysis patterns there's hundreds of symptoms that you can connect with patterns. There's thousands of variations. So as a practitioner, in order for you to extract all that information, it's kind of impossible. You can get the main stuff. You're in a follow-up pattern, you're in this, you're in that. But, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to do is kind of build an algorithm um, in order to express really the beauty of hair analysis as, pow- you know, as, 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 as efficiently as possible. So the app basically will assess the hair analysis, it will look at symptoms, and it will obviously run through an algorithm. You know, there's thousands of pieces of data now in the algorithm, and it will tell you not only the major patterns, 
Um, but it'll tell you little nuances like, you know, if you've got a drop in mercury, if you've got a drop in selenium and an increase in mercury, you know, we've got something called, um, it's sort of like the Saturn return, uh, which is, you know, if someone goes into a fall low pattern, they're kind of around the Saturn return, which is between sort of 27 and 34. Generally, that's a time when they might be uh, dealing with parental uh, issues and, and working through that. So it'll pick up on stuff like that. And, um, you know, the idea is not to replace a practitioner. It's, I, you know, I really want to stress it's an aid for practitioners to use. So, you know, as a practitioner, you don't really want to be spending half an hour, an hour really delving in. I mean, once you've got, once you've done the course and you're learning about hair analysis, you don't want to be spending so much time uh, figuring out what's going off on a person's hair test. So it's basically there to sort of um, help the practitioner but the, the, the vision really for the future is like, um, you know, we're, we're going to get quite deep with it. So although it assesses symptoms at the moment, in the future, it will be able to look at people's health questionnaires, look at the diet. You know, a very obvious one is if you've got a, an elevated calcium-magnesium ratio, that's usually a sign that a person's overeating on carbohydrates and sugars. So it can look at the diet. It can analyze the diet. Are they, are they, are they, you know, are they eating a lot of rice? Are they eating a lot of cake you know whatever bread and sort of match up so it'll flag up you know you've got high nick here you got a high calcium magnesium ratio and you're also showing uh that you're eating on overeating on carbohydrates you know we're going to look at medications that people um tick what medications they're taking and sort of implement that into the um into the algorithm so and then you know the other thing that was a problem for me was like how can how can I actually get hair analysis and mineral balancing out to a lot of people all at once? You can't do that on your own because you've only got a certain amount of time in the day. Um, there's obviously ways of doing it. You could build a practice. You could have a lot of practitioners underneath. Um, but luckily for me, you know, I kind of knew I was a website designer mainly. So I'm sort of getting more and more into the development side, building this application. So I sort of knew how to do what I wanted to do. Um, so that was my way, really, of putting all of this knowledge, just not from myself, but from Dr. Wilson, Dr. Eck, you know, Aaron. It's, it's a, you know, I speak to Susan. So all of this knowledge is basically being put into this application, which is getting more and more intelligent over time. And that's my way of, sort of giving back to the community is to, um, you know, me, me knowing that there's hundreds of practitioners using the system and all of them have got potentially hundreds of clients. You know, people are unaware of the, you know, maybe not even aware of me, but me knowing that my reports have helped them, you know, towards helping their health out is really, you know, really uh, a powerful thing for me. But another thing that I, want, I really wanted to do was that there's a lot of like disconnecting hair analysis. There's a lot of people that don't really understand hair analysis on a deep level, and this is even practitioners. So I wanted to build a system that actually does hair analysis justice, because before this system was out, you could you could you know you you find out about hair analysis, you go to a hair analysis practitioner, you might get really bad advice. You know they might not be really very good at reading the hair test you know i mean there's a few courses out there if i mean completely honest which just do not do hair analysis justice whatsoever so knowing that there's a system out there that is trying to attempt to do hair analysis justice um 
you know, it's something that, yeah, it really, like, uh, f- f- fuels that fire <laughs> in the stomach. Yeah, no, I'm super glad that you did make the statement that, you know, it's not a substitute for a practitioner because although it makes the practitioner's life a lot easier, the clients get more data, you know, things like that. The healing reactions themselves are can be brutal. Mine have been brutal. They can be a little scary at points, depending on how toxic you are. And there's really no replacement for having that consultation or having that person to lean on to email, to message, to mm-hmm. kind of tell you, hey, maybe back off of this or, you know, it's just a healing reaction to kind of walk you through it and hold your hand a little bit um, because from my experience, you know, me being really sick, like expressing it, you know, when I had thought I had Lyme or this or that, you know, I could express that to family members or my wife. And cause I looked pretty normal on the outside, you know, mm-hmm. I would go to the gym or do yoga. And even though it was really hard and it would kind of make me more tired, people couldn't understand because on the outside, I looked pretty good. I looked a lot healthier actually than I used to because I moved to Florida. I get more sunlight. I quit partying and doing drugs. So for them, they're looking at like a skinny, you know, a less bloated version of me, a more tan version of me. And they're thinking like, I'm doing great. And so when you don't have anyone around you who understands like, you know, the severe symptoms that you're having, the practitioner is the person that you need to lean on. And also this is a very sophisticated protocol that includes, you know, lots of sleep, diet, water, you know, air pollution, EMS, you know, practitioners can get really deep in this program and you, you're paying for that advice. Yeah, you can get a, get results and just throw it through the app. But if you don't have that practitioner who you can lean on for expertise, this can be a protocol where you'll, you'll probably give up or it'll be really tough on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have, there's about five, six, maybe seven or eight disclaimers that you will have to get through. If you want to run a report through the app and you're not a practitioner, it will say mm-hmm. numerous times you should not be doing this with a practitioner. Um, but what, what, what I would say is, 100% you cannot beat experience. You can't, you can't beat someone at the end of the phone. But, you know, one of the apps that, that I am, I've built and it's getting more and more intelligent is the troubleshooting app. So as a practitioner, in order for you to figure out what to actually do with a client who's going through a healing reaction, you've got to go through this whole process, which you'll take half an hour on the phone. It can take 45 minutes, but it's just a process of asking questions. So instead of like, um, you know, spending that time which practitioners struggle really you can send the link to the client they can fill out the questionnaire which does two things the what actually when the client starts filling out the questionnaire the troubleshooting questionnaire they will actually figure out their own problem without even speaking to you first you know there's numerous times where clients actually said to me to be honest with you i think it's x y and z but you know as a practitioner you'll get back a report um, and you'll see all the questions that need to be asked. Because sometimes when you're on the phone to the client, you, you forget to ask key questions. So all the questions are there. You can see all of the key, um, you know, smoking gun healing reaction symptoms and all the symptoms that are related to toxic metal. So you've got a, a, a report which does a lot of the work for you. And then when you ring up the client, it's more of a case of, right, you know, well, I've looked at your report. It does look like you're going for a copper reaction. This is what you're going to have to do. Rather than spending 
15, 30 minutes trying to figure out exactly what's been going off. Um, or you might see a, a key component on the section where they fill it out, you know, um, how well they're in the program that they might have been missing or they might have done, which really can affect the healing reaction. So you could say to them, oh, look, I've noticed, um, you know, I've noticed that you've been eating X, Y, and Z, or, you know, I've noticed that you've been taking this. Um, did you notice that these symptoms started uh, occurring when you did when you did uh, start doing this or when you started eating this? And they're like, oh, yeah, it did. It's like, well, I actually think that's the problem rather than a healing reaction. Now, as a practitioner, you wouldn't have even known about this particular food that this person might have been eating without them actually filling out something like this. So it's using the power of, you know, um, of, uh, of uh, te technology, uh, which Dr. Reck actually pioneered back in the 80s. I mean, you know, he's probably got an ARL lab report. You know, he was onto this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, really when you're speaking to a client, it is an algorithm. So it's like, if a person's eating this and this is showing up on the hair test and, and this symptom occurs, and, you know, they've been on the program for X amount of time, then the likely, you know, the, 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 out, the output is probably this. Um, so that's what the app's all about, really. It's, it's, it's like a sidekick for practitioners. And uh, uh, hopefully over time, we're working with Clark at the moment, building out a practitioner client management system. So that system is to serve clients. So you've got a reporting system and a client management system that should be coming out soon. So it's a client management system specifically for hair analysis practitioners where clients can log in and view the hair tests and, you know, view the symptom reports and, you know, log files and stuff like that. So, yeah, well, I think we've got a wider vision. We've got the, you know, for, for me, my biggest passion is the software aspect of things and building out this. But then you've got um, Aaron, um, who's like uh, the supplement guy, <laughs> like supplement king. You know, like he's obsessed with looking at all of these supplement bioavailability and stuff like that. So, you know, what one of the best things I think has happened from us removing ourselves from Dr. Wilson is that we've managed to like form a network of people who are all doing different things, but we're all supporting each other. So, you know, I've, I've got Susan's course on our app. So, you know, people get sent to Susan's course and... Obviously, people that are on Susan's course will use my app, so that's like a, a mutual relationship there. And then you've got obviously got Aaron with the supplements, where you know I've been saying, you know, and yourself who's who's involved with supplements, where I'm sort of saying, look, I've got a pool of practitioners that would be useful, and you know, we can get we can we can get that out to people. And then you've got Luke, who's really passionate about building a lab, which would be amazing. So I mean, when the lab's built, um, then you've got you know, a really high quality piece of software, you know, really high quality supplements and, you know, a lab that, you know, there's definitely improvements that we can make to labs, you know, the, the, the lab, the lab reports being, being one of, being one of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll just keep expanding and, uh, we'll make more connections with people and, uh, try and get this amazing program out to the world because, um, like I was saying to you, what you've just highlighted is that the biggest problem for people really is the healing reactions. So, you know, one of the reasons why I'm building this app is to help practitioners, you know, send a little little questionnaire to a client 
and get information back much quicker and give them advice and tips on what they can actually how they can actually help the client because the biggest problem that we that we get with spreading the mineral balancing message is healing reactions people just quit and uh, you know when you're working with 100 200 sometimes 300 clients some practitioners have got on their sheets i mean i had 300 clients at one point i know clark has has that on his on his sheets there's no way you can keep a track of everyone there's no way you can speak to everyone on the phone you could do a high ticket protocol where you're charging a lot of money and you only work with a small amount of people but you're kind of doing a bit of a disservice to the rest of the world so you know that's where this piece of software comes in which is trying to pick up a lot of information you know one thing that i'm making at the moment is a is a um something where people can update what they've been up to daily or weekly so practitioners can see a, a chart of you know the 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 enemas the saunas so you can just look at a, look at a page and get a great good feeling of what your clients actually been up to for three months because that's another issue when you're working with people is you don't actually know what they've been up to for three months you know you haven't got an hour to spend with them to explaining to them what they've done and sometimes the clients will forget you know what they've done so having a daily check-in system or you know a weekly check-in system like that um that's my passion <laughs> so I yeah go on for i hours. think that it's really gonna make the program just so much better the app i'm super excited to use it i i'm i'm happy to be in even though i'm like a newcomer on the scene the results i've gotten have been unreal especially after spending 80 100 grand on my health the past like five years like just trying all this like thousand dollars a month in supplements and everything so i'm super passionate about it that's why i keep giving um you guys all a platform to speak on different topics i think that the mineral balancing community needs some more longer form kind of platform to speak about the nuances of it how to work through it and what to do but i think what all of you guys are doing is great so that's why i'm invested in trying to be a part of it um, so I'm running short on time here, though. So why don't you tell everybody, um, you know, the YouTube channel, the Instagram, how to use the app, all the things. And I'll also put it in the show notes. Cool. So, yeah, we, uh, we've got a YouTube channel with another practitioner called Luke. Um, we recently rebranded. We used to be called Deep Healing Space, but um, we recently rebranded to Life Labs HTMA. Um one of the reasons is because we're sort of building the app. We're on about building a lab, building a supplement line. So we sort of wanted a bit more of a mature branding style and a mature name. So if you do want to check out our YouTube channel, it's Life Labs HTMA. And, uh, you know, I've been on there for like 10 years. Um, I've got like seven, 700, 750 videos, something like that. So there's a lot of content on there. Um, it's been really, really helpful, I think, for people that have been doing the mineral, mineral balancing program. Um, so that's that. I mean, if you want to get in touch with me, you can email me direct, lewis at lifelabshtma.com. Um, in terms of working with clients, I, I have to admit my time is definitely more towards building the software. Um, but if I feel like, you know, it's the right, um, it's the right thing for me to do, I will, I will pick up clients here and there. So, um, the app is, um, www dot report um i will say obviously it's mainly tailored towards practitioners um but if you have got a hair analysis 
test and you just feel a little bit uneasy about the information that you've got, then I would recommend running it through the application. Uh, I, can, I can almost guarantee that you will get a much more superior report. Um, and then from there, you can actually um, look at potentially, you know, working with, you know, a practitioner that you might, that you might feel um, is more in, informed about the, all the intricacies of hair analysis um, and whatnot. Um, so in terms of like social media, I've got hair analysis app, uh, which I'm, I'm uh, you know, post more on. And then we've got Life Labs HTMA, uh, where Luke uh, mainly sort of runs runs that side of things. Um, so that's about it, really. We have got a membership on lifelabshtma.com um, where you can get extra content. And, um, you know, me and Luke do, do private live videos and stuff. Sounds a bit weird. Um but yeah, I mean that's about it. But um, you know, keep keep an eye out because I think what we're doing as a collective is just going to grow and grow and grow. You know, I, I mean, uh, my vision for things in five or ten years is quite large. I think um, so. You know, it, it's uh, j- jump on board now, and I think you would be you won't regret it when it comes <laughs> when it comes uh, five or ten years down the line. Yeah, I think so as well, man. Super great. I actually want to have you back on soon, maybe. Um, uh, Aaron said we should all three do maybe a, a podcast when the new supplements come in. So maybe I'll reach back out to you and we'll all kind of go through why we wanted to update the forms and the formulas and we'll just have a three-way uh, combo all around it. Yeah, sounds good, man. Always available. Cool. All right, brother. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you very much. Catch you soon. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.